now, America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. And what a great day it is. You've been waiting for this moment. I'm sure everybody out there has just been on tenterhooks, seeing that this day would never come. Well, here it is. Joe Biden is in. He is running for re-election. And uh, the excitement, the electricity out there, the uh, hysteria concerning Joe Biden's <laughs> surprise announcement that he is running for a second term, wow, it's, it's almost indescribable. We will play a little bit later some of the official announcement, which, uh, by the way, it doesn't follow the uh, the rule of, of the guy right now who is Joe Biden's main competitor for the Democratic nomination, Robert Kennedy Jr. He spoke for one hour and 48 minutes. He did. Uh, Joe Biden spoke for three minutes and <laughs> it was direct to the point and basically a rerun of what he produced in an ad four years ago, that was when he decided to run for the election of 2020, which he ultimately won. There's all kinds of considerations and analysis looking at his consistently low approval rating. By the way, who else had a terribly low approval rating before he ran for his reelection? Donald Trump. Donald Trump's approval rating was lower at this point than Joe Biden's is now. But then again, Donald Trump didn't win. Or did he? No, he didn't win. He, he lost by 7 million votes. So how much is Biden due to uh, lose for? And who is he likely to lose against? We will get to uh, all of that with uh, the discussion of a, a new potential presidential candidate who apparently would have a, a great deal of support. We'll be talking about that with Jonathan Allen of NBC and more. But uh, that surprise presidential candidate could be, are you ready for this? Drum roll, please. Tucker Carlson. Well, he's not taking the job that he was offered on RT on the Russia Today network. He was offered immediately when the Wall Street Journal terminated Tucker Carlson. He was offered that job. We will uh, see about uh, the reality of a Carlson for president campaign. I, I don't think it's very likely that he, despite the fact that he said secretly that he hated uh, Donald Trump passionately, and that Trump was a demonic force. I don't think he, on balance, really believes that, uh, nor would he be in a good situation to try to run against Trump. Uh, meanwhile, there's a, a poll from the Wall Street Journal, which I mentioned yesterday, but it's a surprising poll, and it shows that uh, Republicans really are different from Americans at large. And that's not necessarily a good thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, you can determine who you think is right. But what they are reporting from the Wall Street Journal is that most Republican primary voters say that fighting against woke ideology in schools and businesses is more important to them than economic issues. 
including more important than protecting Medicare and Social Security from cuts. Uh, driving the news, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, a potential 2024 candidate, who's now touring uh, Japan and he's going to be in South Korea and Britain and Israel. He's going to be in Israel for the celebration of Israel's 75th anniversary and he's going to be meeting with Prime Minister Netanyahu. But uh, Florida Governor DeSantis, a potential 2024 candidate, has made conservative cultural issues and education a central part of his agenda. Uh, and then, of course, there is the war against Disney, which is a very big part of his agenda, showing that he is a, uh, a warrior when it comes to opposition to woke, woke culture or any kind of woke cancel uh, attempts by the left. And uh, it, the making the cultural issues in education a central part of his agenda, like the so-called don't say gay bill, which really doesn't say don't say gay, it just limits uh, the ability to teach at public schools, which are, of course, taxpayer-funded, uh, the ability to teach in those schools about gender issues to people younger than third grade. That's what it used to be. They're just in the process of raising it all the way through high school, which is far more controversial, of course. The um, uh, new poll indicates that the cultural issues, the school issues, the education issues, same kind of issues, by the way, that helped elect Glenn Youngkin, the governor of Virginia, that that could help uh, DeSantis win over the GOP's most ardent supporters. He signed into law a ban on the introduction of gender and sexuality in elementary school, which was recently expanded to include middle and high school. He also signed the Stop Woke Act, which would ban classroom and corporate trainings that make students or employees feel discomfort over their race. The uh, bill has been temporarily blocked by a federal judge. Uh, the big picture, this is from Axios. Former President Trump has attacked DeSantis over his past support for changes to Social Security and Medicare. The changes to Social Security and Medicare were actually positive changes. They were to strengthen Social Security and Medicare and prevent it from falling apart and basically going bankrupt by 2030, which is not so far away, by the way. Uh, the 55% uh, of Republicans say fighting woke ideology in our schools and businesses is more important than protecting entitlement programs from cuts, according to the journal poll. Amazing. And 27% of Republicans uh, only say protecting Social Security and Medicare benefits from cuts is more important to them. So 55% think woke ideology is a bigger issue than Social Security and Medicare, which uh, indicates that, yes, Republicans are different. And uh, it's questionable that uh, Donald Trump is, uh, in his attacks on DeSantis so far, have so far all been about Social Security and Medicare, which is an issue that works better, it appears, with Americans in general than with Republicans. 49% uh, of all voters, and that of course goes beyond Republicans, it includes the Democrats and the Independents as well, 49% of all voters said they would support a candidate who pledged to keep entitlements 
uh, just as they are rather than to push for cuts. The, the point about what DeSantis was even considering, and it was when he was a member of the House of Representatives, is it wasn't pushing for cuts. It was pushing for maybe adding a few months to when you can retire. It was making the adjustments that are necessary to prevent these programs from exploding. Uh, you may remember President Bush uh, talked about George W. Bush about actually giving an element of choice to Social Security and Medicare, which actually polls pretty well. In other words, that if uh, you you want to, you can put more in so that you have more retirement income or you can put a little bit less in so you can save money and use it privately. Uh, the, uh, the idea that Social Security is a, a great investment, well, people are just so used to it. The uh, poll also shows DeSantis trailing Trump 51 to 38 percent among likely Republican voters in a hypothetical matchup which indicates that they've uh, drawn a little bit closer, that uh, DeSantis may be gaining uh, energy again. So what about the Biden announcement? Eloquent? Memorable? We'll get to it coming up on The Medved Show. Michael Medved show. Uh, there are a bunch of uh, new ads, a, a bunch of new pitches for your support from leading presidential candidates. I actually want to do the new DeSantis ad first because uh, Ron DeSantis hasn't announced his candidacy yet. There was a great deal of speculation that because things have been going poorly for his campaign, that he might not announce for president. Uh, as most people had expected. I think the release of this ad, the new defense, uh, DeSantis ad, which is called Steel. Steel. Uh, by the way, who, who do you know which uh, famous politician uh, used the name Steel, Man of Steel, really, as his designation? Jeremy, you know, don't you? Uh, Joseph Stalin. <laughs> his, his real name was Jugashvili. Yosip uh, Jugashvili. And that just didn't work so well. But Stalin, steel, tough. Okay. DeSantis does not mean steel uh, in Italian or any other known language. However, the ad is all about steel. And uh, I think it's actually pretty slick. The ad from uh, Never Back Down, Inc., which is responsible for the commercial, that is the P political action committee uh, that has been constructed with a tremendous amount of the money that, uh, that DeSantis had left over from a successful gubernatorial campaign. Here's what his new ad sounds like, clip 14. Steel isn't forged overnight, but after all the mining, blasting, and casting is done, 
It's strong. It lasts. Grandson of a steel worker, Ron DeSantis worked his way through college and law school. Joined the Navy as a JAG officer. Volunteered to serve in Iraq advising SEAL Team 1, earning a Bronze Star. Held the Republican establishment accountable in Washington. As governor, DeSantis stood up to Dr. Fauci when others stood aside. Banned CRT and got the smut out of schools. Refused to let woke Disney push us around and put media elites in their place. Ron DeSantis never backs down because his backbone wasn't forged overnight. Conservative warrior always. Ron DeSantis, president. Never back down incorporated is responsible for the content of this advertising. Okay, never backed out incorporated. Ron DeSantis, president. You think he's running? <laughs> you think Biden is running? Yeah, he's running too. Uh, look, this is very interesting the way they selected all of this. And uh, what's interesting, they talk about he worked his way through school. And yeah, I mean, he had, a, he had jobs while he was going to school. He also had scholarships because uh, he was a terrific student. And uh, he went to Yale as an undergraduate, uh, graduated with high honors, and uh, then went to Harvard Law School. And you'll notice they did not mention Yale and Harvard. I guess if you're trying to show that you're the grandson of a steelworker. And by the way, his dad was not a steelworker. It was his grandfather. Um, uh, his dad, DeSantis' dad, apparently he had a job which was installing uh, television meters for the Nielsen company. So you could say his dad worked in media. Oh, no, you don't want to say that. And the other thing that's interesting to me is they don't mention anything here about what an outstanding athlete uh, DeSantis is. No, and he really is. He, he, they, we just did Chris Saliza's book about the presidency and athletics and talking about some of the presidents who really were superb athletes. One of them was Gerald Ford, who actually... Uh, was invited to play professional football. He was a star. He was a star and an All-American on the national champion, University of Michigan Wolverines. In any event, uh, DeSantis was a big star. Why didn't they mention that? Uh, because he was a big star at Yale when Yale had one of the best baseball teams in the country. And he was the captain of the Yale baseball team, and he had a, a, a college career batting average of over 360. He's a good player. So, no, they didn't mention that either. Uh, but uh, what about Joe Biden? Uh, Joe Biden uh, released his three-minute announcement of candidacy ad, and it sounded like this. This is clip five. Freedom, personal freedom, is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term, to fight for our democracy. This shouldn't be a revolution. To protect our rights, to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. But you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms. Cutting Social Security, 
that you've paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy, dictating what health care decisions women can make, banning books, and telling people who they can love, all while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. When I ran for president four years ago, I said we're in a battle for the soul of America, and we still are. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead, we have more freedom or less freedom, more rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. This is not a time to be complacent. That's why I'm running for re-election. Okay, uh, and then he concludes his announcement this way. Listen. Because I know America. I know we're good and decent people. I know we're still a country that believes in honesty and respect and treating each other with dignity. That we're a nation where we give hate no safe harbor. We believe that everyone is equal, that everyone should be given a fair shot to succeed in this country. Thank you for choosing us. Every generation of Americans has faced a moment when they have to defend democracy. Stand up for our personal freedom. Stand up for the right to vote and our civil rights. And this is our moment. So if you're with me, go to JoeBiden.com and sign up. Let's finish this job. I know we can. Because this is the United States of America. There's nothing, simply nothing we cannot do if we do it together. Okay, uh, is this, uh, it's a very interesting choice of music, isn't it? You would think some patriotic music or some music that would go along with the flag flying overhead or jets uh, flying in formation overhead. Uh, the music sounds more like a carnival. Is that what the Biden campaign is going to offer? Well, there's a carnival with two new courtroom dramas coming up. Uh, one, the rape trial involving charges against Donald Trump and a mass murder trial about the synagogue killings from four years ago. Uh, that uh, a death penalty case. We will get to that and more on the Medved Show. Are you always tired with low energy? Do you suffer from indigestion issues and can't eat food you enjoy? Try Balance 7. Click on the Balance 7 banner at michaelmedved.com. Use the code MEDVED to get 15 bucks off your order. Free shipping plus a bottle of My Smooth Skin. Money back guarantee. The Michael Medved Show. Medved Show, an honor as always to welcome back to our show Jonathan Allen, who is a senior national politics reporter for NBC News uh, based in Washington. Uh, he wrote the definitive book about the Biden campaign last time. It was called Lucky, and uh, Biden was uh, in winning that election by a margin of seven million votes. Uh, take a look, uh, Jonathan, about the announcement by Joe Biden today that he is running for re-election. Does it uh, look like he is all set to continue that lucky streak that you wrote about? You know, I, I think at this point, it's, uh, and I hate to say it this way, too early to tell. Um, but if you look at the you know, head-to-head matchups in national polling and even state-level polling, uh, between Biden and the Republican frontrunner Donald Trump, uh, or even between Biden and Ron DeSantis, um, who's you know running second in the polls on the Republican side, 
they're all pretty much within the margin of error. You're talking about two or three points up, um, you know, one way or the other. And so, I, I mean, I think we have what we have long had, which is a very closely divided electorate. I mean, you think just over the course of the last, uh, you know, 20, uh, 22, 23 years, um, you know, most of our presidential elections have been exceedingly close. You 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 talk about 2024 Biden versus Trump as the rematch nobody wants. And I think that's an accurate designation. I mean, people would prefer to see something maybe a little bit younger, a little bit newer, a little bit more exciting. Uh, do, do you... Do you, obviously, Trump has opposition for the nomination. Is there any possibility at this point that you hear about about uh, some contender even more formidable than Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, deciding to go after Biden and to try to win the Democratic nomination from Biden? You know, I think Biden has done uh, you know a, a remarkable job for a guy who uh, you know is not necessarily uh, loved by his party. He's done a remarkable job of, of keeping the others out. And there are a lot of reasons for that, but I don't see anyone on the horizon. The big names that you would think of uh, are either in his administration or have been um, sending pretty clear signals that they don't intend to run. Um, so you think of California Governor Gavin Newsom, uh, Illinois Governor uh, J.B. Pritzker, Senator Bernie Sanders, I mean, uh, Pete Buttigieg, uh, is in the administration. Uh, obviously, Vice President Harris is in the administration. So, um, you know, they've done a pretty good job of neutralizing the potential opposition and, and turning those folks into effectively surrogates for Biden. What about replacing uh, Kamala Harris? I mean, again, with all of the focus on the age issue, which is only natural, I mean, Joe Biden will be 82 when he's running for president. Uh, the uh, uh, any ma means by which he can get a different, more effective running mate. Uh, you know, there's certainly, you know, long ago historical precedent for that, but we haven't seen anyone do that in recent years. And I think part of the reason for that is it suggests that the very first decision you made before you were even president as a candidate picking your ticket mate, uh, you made the wrong call. Um, and, you know, I, mean, I think presidents are loath to do that. Uh, in addition to that, you know, you've got uh, you know, Biden, um, a big part of his coalition, perhaps the strongest piece of his coalition uh, is African-American voters and specifically African-American women. And while not all of them would necessarily have voted for Kamala Harris, uh, certainly not all of them would have voted for Kamala Harris in 2020, I think pulling her off of the ticket uh, could have a serious backlash effect on Biden uh, with that core constituency for him. So, uh, you know, I just, uh, and uh, in addition to that, I've asked people about it. And I, you know, there, there does not appear to be any appetite on his part um, to, to do that. Yeah, basically, I know that the consensus is that uh, the the odds are very, very big that it will be Biden and Harris on the Democratic side. The Republican side, does do, do any of these they, they're beginning this uh, trial a uh, rape trial today with e. Jean Carroll in New York City uh, alleging that more than 20 years ago that Trump uh, raped her in a dressing room at Bloomingdale's 
Do, will any of these court cases, and there are a half dozen of them, will any of them maybe, just maybe, uh, allow an opening for a meaningful Trump challenger uh, in the drive of the Republican nomination? You know, I, I don't discount that possibility, uh, Michael, but I think that, um, you know, what we've seen so far, and I can only think go on what we've experienced is, um, you know, that the indictment in New York, uh, the Alvin Bragg indictment, um, has rallied Republicans around uh, Donald Trump rather than, um, you know, causing him problems. It's, it's very much helped them. And we've seen Ron DeSantis's poll numbers, um, you know, really flatten out uh, and, and drop, um, you know, since that uh, that indictment was first previewed by Trump, who, who told everybody he anticipated being arrested before uh, before it actually happened. So, you know, I think um, it, you know, it remains to be seen. It's possible that there is a, a weight of multiple investigations, multiple indictments at some point uh, that becomes too big for, uh, you know, the Republican primary electorate to bear and, uh, and they start looking elsewhere. Um, but for the time being, Trump seems to be in, good, in a good place. The other thing is it's not clear to me exactly when um, these various, uh, you know, trials and civil suits um, will actually wrap up. Um, and so, you know, for some of them, it may be uh, that they would not wrap up before uh, before the 2024 election or before you got into a window where, um, you know, it, it would really look like a court was trying to or a prosecutor was trying to prevent Trump from winning the presidency um, rather than pursuing legitimate, uh, you know, criminal uh, complaints. The uh, Republicans, I know, are coming up with uh, debates that will take place in August, which is really only about three months from now. And that's that's soon. Uh, any indication that uh, Biden will be made to debate against Marianne Williamson and Robert Kennedy Jr. or others uh, in a bid for the Democratic nomination? Uh, I certainly don't think he'll be forced to do that. Um, you know, he, he runs the Democratic National Committee uh, effectively as president of the United States as an arm of his uh, operation. And, um, you know, beyond that, uh, you know, I don't, it does not appear to me that there's any appetite among Democratic voters or not enough of an appetite among Democratic voters to force a debate situation. Interestingly, on the debate question, um, you know, uh, Trump came out with a statement today um, questioning why he would participate in Republican primary debates. So it will be interesting to see uh, on the Republican side if he if he participates in debates. Uh, I know he skipped one in the 2016 cycle, um, a primary debate, um, and you know it didn't didn't seem to prevent him from did not prevent him from winning. Yeah, he. I remember he said he was going to do a fundraiser for veterans. And the question are, well, did those funds actually go to the veterans? But he, that was in the uh, Iowa campaign. Um, Jonathan Allen, uh, I appreciate your close coverage of the campaign. I know you have to run his book about the last Biden campaign. Now we have a, uh, a brand new Biden campaign for a second term uh, officially today. His book is called Lucky. It's posted at our website at michaelmedved.com. We're going to be uh, talking a little bit about the trials that are beginning uh, right now, including 
uh, the trial for the killer of 11 people and the worst attack on a Jewish religious institution in American history. And uh, four and a half years ago, 11 people murdered. Now the question, is the death penalty appropriate? It is legally appropriate with uh, this trial, but should it be administered? We will get to that and more coming up on The Medved Show. This is going to be a little bit provocative. The Michael Medved Show. Michael, great show, guy. I love it. The Michael Medved Show. They're doing jury selection right now for the Donald Trump uh, rape trial. Now, it's not a criminal trial. And you say, well, how could criminal, how could you be involved with rape and it not at least be a criminal charge? This is another defamation case. And uh, basically, the charge is from E. Jean Carroll who uh, is actually uh, three years older than President Trump, which is interesting. You know, President Trump's 76, she's 79. Uh, she is a former columnist. Uh, she's a writer. She was well-known in New York. They knew each other. And uh, what the uh, headline says in the New York Times is amid the legal onslaught, Trump faces a suit accusing him of rape. And uh, what they're pointing out is that on Tuesday, this case is going to trial. They're in the process of picking the jury right now. This is in federal district court in Manhattan, where after years of accusations and angry denials traded in articles, interviews, and social media, jury will be charged with determining who's telling the truth. They can't both be, because she says she was raped, uh, she was grabbed. She was physically assaulted. And Trump says, never happened, doesn't know her. And um, it comes just weeks after Mr. Trump's appearance in Manhattan Supreme Court, where he pleaded not guilty to fraud charges stemming from hush money paid to a porn star. And another recent appearance in Manhattan, where he was questioned under oath in a civil fraud lawsuit brought by the Attorney General Letitia James of New York. Mr. Trump is also facing a criminal investigation in the Fulton County, Georgia District uh, uh, Attorney over attempted interference in the 2020 election. Uh, that, she is saying, Fonnie Willis, that uh, she'll only have the indictments sometime in July. So it'll be a while. It'll be this summer. And uh, there's also a federal special counsel over his decision to keep sensitive government documents in his Mar-a-Lago residence and for his role in the events leading up to the January 6, 2021 assault in the Capitol. He is denied wrongdoing in all of the cases. Uh, Mr. Trump, 76, has denied that he raped uh, Ms. Carroll, 79, and has attacked her repeatedly in public statements and on social media, both while in office and after he left office. In 2019, he called Ms. Carroll's allegation totally false and said uh, that uh, he could not have raped her because she's not his type. Good argument. Uh, more recently, in October... 
In a post on Truth Social, Mr. Trump called her case a complete con job. He said her accusation was a hoax and a lie and that the alleged rape never happened. The uh, Their biggest challenge is their client. He's talking about uh, uh, Jennifer Keeler, who is a lawyer who specialized in this kind of case, is talking about the attorneys for President Trump, who are right now trying to get the right jurors that they want to have. Um, he says uh, their biggest challenge is their client, uh, and the uh, this is from uh, one of the attorneys who helped, helped to represent Kevin Spacey in uh, October when a uh, jury found Mr. Spacey not liable in a suit that accused him of making a sexual advance on a 14-year-old. Um, Donald Trump is somebody who could stand on a podium in front of a throng of admirers and blast forth with all his insults and dark talk of imminent Armageddon if he's not elected, uh, she said. But I don't see how any of that is going to play out in a courtroom or help Trump in this courtroom. Mr. Trump's lawyers in their summary point to the lack of eyewitness or photographic or video evidence, which is not surprising, they say, since this alleged incident never occurred. They accuse Ms. Carroll of making her rape allegation to sell a book and for political reasons if Mr. Trump does not testify, the outcome of Ms. Carroll's case may depend on how she stands up to cross-examination because she will testify. The evidence at trial will bear on the narrative offered in Ms. Carroll's lawsuit which says she visited the luxury department store Bergdorf Goodman um, one evening in the mid-1990s, where she was a regular shopper. As she was leaving through a revolving side door on 58th Street, Mr. Trump entered through the same door and recognized her, the lawsuit says. It says the two had met at least once before and that they traveled in the same social circles in New York City. Ms. Carroll hosted a daily television show called Ask E. Jean on America's Talking, a cable channel run by Roger Ailes, who went on to start Fox News. Hey, you're the advice lady, Mr. Trump allegedly said, according to the lawsuit. And Ms. Carroll responded, hey, you're that real estate tycoon. According to the lawsuit, Mr. Trump said he was at Bergdorf's to buy a present for a girl and asked Ms. Carroll to advise him. Ms. Carroll went along uh, thinking she would get some funny stories out of it. Eventually, they rode the escalator to the lingerie department, which was uncharacteristically empty with no sales attendant present, according to the suit. The absence of shoppers is a point Mr. Trump's lawyers have cited in questioning Ms. Carroll's account. The suit says that once they were in the lingerie department, they noticed a see-through bodysuit in lilac gray. Mr. Trump snatched the bodysuit and insisted that Ms. Carroll try it on. Mr. Trump then grabbed Ms. Carroll's arm, maneuvered her into the dressing room, and closed the door behind them, the suit says. He lunged, pushing her against the wall, bumping her head and putting his mouth on her lips, the suit says. Ms. Carroll, according to the suit, shoved him back. Mr. Trump pinned her with his shoulders, this sounds like world wrestling entertainment, pinned her with his shoulder against uh, the wall again, jammed his hand under her coat dress, 
and pull down her tights according to the suit. Then he forced himself on her, and the rest of this has detail that isn't uh, fit for a family show. This is going to be playing out over the next two or three weeks. Is uh, anybody going to be taking it seriously? Uh, remains to be seen. Uh, the the idea that Trump could lose this suit, he is being accused here. He's the defendant. He's being accused not of rape, but of defamation. And uh, because he called uh, basically E. Jean Carroll a liar and so forth. So she is trying to prove, so she can win her defamation suit, that he actually did attack her. Very different kind of attack, vastly more serious. Another trial which is beginning today. Uh, three congregations that lost 11 members four and a half years ago in the deadliest anti-Semitic attack in U.S. history have largely grieved and tried to heal in private. This is in the Wall Street Journal, supporting one another even as they joined the widening community of people scarred by mass shootings. Starting yesterday, the Pittsburgh massacre again was thrust into public spotlight as jury selection began in the federal hate crime trial for the man charged in the case. If he's found guilty, a second death penalty phase will follow with the same jury. The three congregations worship at the same location, the Tree of Life Synagogue, New Light, and Dor Hadash, which means New Generation, and Tree of Life. Shortly before 10 a.m. on October 27th, 2018, Robert Bowers entered the synagogue armed with an AR-15 and three handguns and began killing people who had gathered for Sabbath services, prosecutors contend. I just want to kill Jews, he told arresting officers, according to a filed affidavit. Mr. Bowers, who is 50 years old, faces 63 counts, including 11 counts each of obstruction of the free exercise of religious beliefs, resulting in death and committing a hate crime resulting in death. He's pleaded not guilty in court filings as lawyers said that he had offered to plead guilty and serve multiple life sentences if prosecutors would agree not to seek the death penalty. They won't agree to that. Defense attorneys said in court filings that Mr. Bowers, a former truck driver who dropped out of high school, has been diagnosed with schizophrenia and epilepsy. <clears throat> Such health information could be presented during a sentencing phase. Uh, this is all profound and has to do with the most prevalent religious hatred in the country. Uh, there's also a crisis for religion. Recognized by the New York Times, we'll be talking to a writer for the Times who has tried to explain why it is that literally thousands, up to 6,000 churches or synagogues close every year. What is going on? What does it mean? We'll figure it out for this greatest nation on God's green earth.